Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Father Andrew Mattingly. I am a Catholic priest in Kansas City, Missouri, and this is a podcast where I post homilies and random other stuff that I might teach or speak about. Hope you find something useful and maybe even inspiring. God bless you. In our gospel today, our Lord discusses two themes that are near and dear to his heart that come up over and over and over again in his public ministry. The first, which we see in the beginning of today's gospel, is he talks about money and possessions and the danger that they can prove to be to the Christian life. The second thing that he talks about in today's gospel is vigilance or watchfulness. The need to always be vigilant, most especially about the hour of our death, because we have no idea how long we have to live on this earth. And so we need to be prepared to go at any time to be in a state of grace and to be ready to meet the Lord. But also just to be vigilant and watchful for the Lord's presence throughout our day. Just as a spouse who is truly in love with their spouse, is going to be vigilant and watchful for when they're around and when they have opportunities to love them. So a soul that's truly in love with Jesus Christ is going to be vigilant and watchful for his presence throughout the day to seize hold of the opportunities that present themselves to love the Lord and allow themselves to be loved by him. So we have these these two themes and I want to draw a couple connections between this idea of how money and possessions and attachment to material things can prove a significant obstacle to following the Lord. And then second, how this sort of ties in with this theme of vigilance and and watchfulness. Um, So this theme of money and possessions, first of all, again, is not something that is uncommon in the Lord's preaching. Just last week, if you recall on the Sunday Gospel, the Lord gave this parable about a rich man who had a bountiful harvest and said, oh, my, my barns aren't big enough, so what am I going to do? I'm going to tear down my barns, build bigger ones, and just store them up for a rainy day, right? And the Lord comes to him and says, you, you fool, right? Tonight you will die, and the Lord will demand an account of your life, and all these things that you've stored up to no real purpose, but that you've just coveted and kept for yourself, who will they belong to? Right, so, so the Lord severely reprimands that man. And in another place, he shocks his apostles when he says, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. His apostles are stunned by this, and they say, well, who can be, who can be saved? Right? Um, another place, the Lord says, man cannot serve both God and mammon. You can multiply the examples. Constantly throughout the Gospels, Jesus points out the danger of attachments to riches, wealth, money for the the Christian life. Similarly, watchfulness and vigilance is a favorite theme of his. You know, you can think about the parable of the wise and foolish virgins, uh, which is very similar to the example he gives today of the servants who wait up all night for their master to return from a wedding feast. Some are ready, some are not. And also, if you just think about the Lord in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he's there with Peter, James, and John, and he's in his, he enters into his agony, and he comes back to them three times, and he's upset 
that they're not watchful and vigilant. Could you not stay awake for one hour? <laughs> Here I am in, in the most difficult moment of my life. I have just begun to feel the burden of the entire weight of the sins of the whole world from the beginning of time to the end, and, and you can't stay awake and watchful with me for, for one hour. The danger of money possessions, wealth, watchfulness, and vigilance. When someone experiences a conversion, when they have a legitimate, whether this happens over the course of a period of time or in an instant, when they have a legitimate and real encounter with God, one of the many consequences that follows from that is that the attraction and the allure of worldly things quickly wanes. You see a real desire spring up in someone's heart for greater simplicity. Things that even a year ago or a month ago, they would have made significant sacrifices to covet, some experience of pleasure, some particular purchase that they wanted to make. After coming face to face with God, after having a real experience of the living God, those things suddenly lose their attraction to, to a significant degree. And you'll see in people in, in the aftermath of a conversion, this real draw and attraction to a more simple way of life. And even in some more extreme cases, an immediate desire to give away a good portion of the things that they own. And this is, now it's not always, obviously they need somebody to guide them in that, <laughs> to make prudent decisions, particularly if they're a layperson and they have a family to take care of and other responsibilities. But this attraction and draw to simplicity to poverty even, is something that really springs up as a consequence of meeting God. Because when, when somebody really meets the Lord and encounters Him, they recognize how insignificant and paltry most of the other things in their life are that they had been pursuing. Um, similarly, on the opposite side of the spectrum, the more we allow ourselves to indulge in superfluous and wasteful spending, the more we allow ourselves to sort of indulge in excessive comforts and things of this world, the more dull our soul becomes, the more insensitive it becomes to spiritual realities. This is just sort of a law of the Christian life. <laughs> the more indulgent we are with the things of this world, the less we're able to, to be watchful and vigilant and to notice the presence of God. Our, our souls sort of go to sleep a little bit. They become numb to the activity of God in our life. And the desire for God begins to wane. The desire for spiritual things begins to diminish. I really wanted to point out these important laws of how attraction to material things diminishes our draw to spiritual things and vice versa. I really want to emphasize how important this is for all of us to examine in our own life more than those who live in, in most other parts of the world. Because, as I mentioned before, we dwell in the wealthiest nation that has ever existed on the face of the earth by a very, very big margin. Very big margin. Because of that, we need to recognize how easy it is for us to fall into the allure and the attraction of the good life. 
Right? Everyone around you in your daily life is living this, is pursuing things that in the end don't really matter, indulging in excessive comforts and conveniences that are not really necessary, all sorts of things that dull our spiritual sensitivity. We have to be on high alert against these because this is one of the most significant stumbling blocks to coming to a deep place of conversion and love for the Lord. I, uh, I was driving between St. Joe and Kansas City some years ago. I'm from St. Joe originally, for those who don't know. And I uh, passed a hitchhiker and it was in the summer. It must have been 100 degrees. I was like, this poor guy is like, I don't know how long he's been hiking. So I, I actually had, to, had time. I didn't have to be somewhere. So I, I went back to the last exit and I came back and I picked him up. Um, I don't often pick, pick up hitchhikers, but I picked up this guy and uh, he just had kind of like a middle-sized backpack. And as we're driving and I'm chatting with him, and I said, where are you from? Like, are you homeless? You know, do you need anything? Um, tell me about your life. So we were chatting for 20 or 30 minutes as we're driving. And um, one of the, th really the only thing I remember him saying is that, uh, you know, anytime like the police come around because he's sleeping in a certain town or in a certain location and, and somebody doesn't, you know, want him on the property or whatever. Um, he says, anytime the police come around, like, oh, you, you got a home, you got an address, you know, or whatever, he's like, um, his phrase was something along the lines of, my, my roof is the big blue sky. <laughs> my roof is the big blue sky. And he kept, he kept saying that. And, and it really sort of stuck with me because he said it not in an angry way, but actually in a, in a real joyful way. It was very obvious talking to this man that he was very spiritually free. Obviously, there are probably reasons that he ended up in the place that he's in. But he's very spiritually free. There was no duplicity about him. He told me exactly what he was thinking. 